Well, I'm going to let the Lord Metachlorian tell you which one th- you think it is. Okay. <laughs> because... <laughs> Uh, I need to find my. I need to find. Go find Yoda. Jesus. Yodesus. Oh wow! Yeah, you might want to clean that up a little bit. That's yeah, I'll get. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's not going to be happy about that I said it that way, but no. I feel like he'll understand. Mm, wrong, you are. <laughs> Gross, that is. Yeah. Let me go listen to some jizz music. <laughs> well, that's wrong? canon. It's jizz. Listen to it. I can't do that. That guy can jizz well. Nobody's business. Look at him. Look at him jizzing all over the place. No, no, no. It's jizz whaling. Just what you have to use the proper terminology, or it's just dirty. He's jizzing all over the place. Place he jizzes all over. (laughs) Gross. Yoda. Come on, man. Do I? (laughs) (laughs) Did that do I? (laughs) Did that did I? Oh, that's the crossover I want to see. Finally, yeah. Let's go. Go. You know we gotta keep it hype all day and night like this. Showing love when we can. Shout out to the super fans, uh huh. You don't really wanna miss Pop Sock, stay lit. So if you ready, we ride and take it back to the 90s. From movies to the video games, just a couple of nerds keep it so entertaining. Hey, Pop Saga. Stardate 76822. And welcome to Pop Saga, the podcast that explores the greatest moments in pop culture history. Today marks the maiden voyage of our new series, Star Trek Saga, recapping the best episodes of every season of every Star Trek show in chronological order. Today, we are beaming ourselves back to the year 2001 to discuss the premiere episode of Star Trek Enterprise. These episodes introduced a whole new crew and a fresh perspective on the Star Trek universe. From the daring exploits of Captain Jonathan Archer to the futuristic technology of the NX-01 Enterprise, and Dr. Flock's fondness for egg drop soup. <laughs> we are your host. I am Commander John Trekker, joined by trusty Captain Swoon himself, Forrest. So cool. sit back, set your phasers to fun, and join us as we hit warp 4.5 on the journey through the final frontier. Damn, that is good. <laughs> that was a very well-written intro. You were kidding. I mean, it was in there. And I did it in one shot. Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think you made the right choice. I think you did. I think I did. No more ad-libbing. <laughs> no more no no more of that. No more just trying to find find the yum. You got to in, trust in in the your words. You got to trust in your writing skills and I think it paid off. I think so too. I think so too. Especially the egg drop soup part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a real line for the episode. Dr. Floxy loves earth food, especially Chinese food, especially egg drop soup. Yep. And uh, we can confirm he did because when we saw uh, when I saw him at a convention, he had egg drop soup all over his shirt. Is that so? I think so. Looked like egg drop soup. Yeah. Could've I just think been vomit. When know. he was in that orgy scene in in True Blood, I think he was eating a uh, he was eating a bowl of egg drop soup while he was just going to Pound Town. Yeah, well, see, that's problem number, like, one through seven. Oh, one man, seven. I, 
I think I just like finished watching Star Trek when I started watching True Blood, and I was like, "Whoa, no, no, and I no, I can't do this. This is no, don't do this to me." <laughs> Not Doctor Flux. I don't want to see Doctor Flux's O face. <laughs> we already got his the creepiest smile in the history of television in this episode. Holy uh, shit! I totally forgot about that. I forgot a lot of this episode to be honest. Oh, I did too. And and that's that wasn't that was not a blessing. That was something I think you know. Sometimes your mind does stuff to protect you. <laughs> <laughs> I think that might have been the case with this one. Not to give too much away, but whoa, yeah, boy. we we must shield him from the harm that is Enterprise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I remember some of the stuff later. But uh, yeah, I had some. I had some like I actually had some more fond memories of this episode that I was like, where did those come from? What do you think? You gotta really go back and readdress them for us. I'm ashamed of myself. Yeah. It's like, hey, what's wrong with you? Why are you liking this shit? <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> um, this is very good. This isn't very good at all. No. And, uh, I mean, well, let's we'll get into it. I don't want to give yeah. too much away, but uh, um, but uh, before we get into that, John, do you have uh, something that you are enjoying on this uh, balmy evening in uh, whatever, May? It's not even balmy. The sun's still out. and It's like not a cloud in the sky. I don't know what's going on in San Francisco. I do have something. I am drinking. It's time for my terrible accent to come out as we discuss... The adult beverages or libations we are enjoying this evening. Gentlemen, uh, take it away. Well, I got this as a, a, a present. Uh, a couple cases of Old Speckled Hen. Oh, wow. You got a lot English of booze. <laughs> I did. It's like everyone must have known that I've been drinking more. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Every episode, you're like, well, I got this as a gift, and I got that as a gift, and I got this as a gift. There's just gifts all around. It's rain and gifts. And guess what? They are all booze. Well, mostly. Okay. No, that's not true. I got a lot of fingers and stuff. Yeah, like, yeah old, old Speckled Hen. It's a real cheap beer from England that tastes really good. Smooth and refreshing, bursting with flavors. Okay. What Established, kind of flavors? Uh, beer flavors. Uh, like whatever twin ma- malt and four hop brew tastes like. Well, it probably, I would guess it tastes hoppy and malty. Oh, there you go. Those are the flavors. I mean, look, it was established in 1711. And I figure since we're talking about the start of the Star Trek universe, so to speak, on this... I should drink it with a distinguished old beer. So, old speckled hen. That's for well, John. Yeah, definitely a good choice. I thought for sure it would have been a long drink. Oh, oh, that's a good idea. I should have put some shit. Shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm drinking a finished long drink. It's a long drink. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm drinking. Taking it to the dome. Uh... <laughs> How about yourself? What's, what's uh, on the I, menu today? Uh, well, I, I have made a custom creation for today's uh, for today's episode, packed with bourbon, as uh, it's demanded by the subject matter. I feel like <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm gonna call this one uh, a uh, tropical cowboy. <laughs> That's right. Uh, we've got 
two ounces of bourbon, two ounces of pineapple juice, uh, shaken up in a cocktail shaker and topped with some sparkling guava soda. Oh, uh, sounds nice. You didn't yeah. want to call it a, a tropical. Oh, right, because right, because the guy of Hob Trip. Hi, everybody. I'm I'm the engineer on this here Starshipy. Uh, yes, I, it's, I, that's what I meant to say. Did I misspeak? A tropical cowboy. Uh, a tropical trip. Ah, uh, there we go. <laughs> a tropical trip. <laughs> Keep getting better. Yeah. I like it. And I garnished this tropical trip with a sprig of oregano and uh, a slice of mango. So here we go. First time ever trying it. Original creation. Mmm. Oh, it's quite good. Well, I mean, with all the sweet tropical juices in there, you got to imagine it's going to be. Uh, But uh, not a failure. Good stuff. Try it at home. But not if you're a kid. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, try it at home. Remove the booze and still try everything else. That might be pretty good. Yeah, you could you could shake up. Uh, you could make a you know a pineapple juice real cold, and uh, and then you put yourself some uh, guava sparkling soda on top of the soda. Oh boy, uh, soda on top of there. Um, one thing I was going to put into it that I was not able to is I bought a. A uh, bottle of cream of coconut, and um, uh, the seal on it was broken, and so I uh, tried to squeeze it out of there, and it was just, uh, just one, just like a toothpaste tube of you know dried, dehydrated cream of coconut. It was, uh, it was more like I don't know, tanning oil or. Like, if you put olive oil in the refrigerator. Either way, gross. Gonna have to get a refund for that. But no cream of coconut in this one. But it still tastes good. Yeah, I don't even think you need it. I I don't. Th- I think you're right. I think it would have been one too many things. Yeah, that sounds like I'd be afraid you'd be uh, curdling that coconut at that point. Oh, yeah, you know, might have. Yeah. Although mm-hmm. cream of coconut with goes with, uh, you know, pineapple juice, fine, usually. I don't know. It might have been bad with, especially with the guava soda. You know, you gotta like. It's just when you're making drinks, it's uh, it's like when you're getting ready to go to a fancy gala. You gotta look at your outfit, and then you gotta you know take out one accessory, and there you have your look. That's true. That's true. I mean, look, I took you. I took your advice and put some uh, pineapple juice with that tequila, and you know what? Had yeah. A good time. Yeah. That now we're talking. I woke up, my pants were on backwards, but I had a good time. Yeah. <laughs> you fell asleep with your pants on and uh, backwards. Yeah. But That's they fun. were they were on right when I was drinking them. Oh, no. <laughs> so we just, we, some at some point during an alcoholic fugue state, you uh, your pants got reversed. I mean, yeah, all, all, yeah not, not a, the worst thing that could have possibly happened when you're blackout drunk. Get your pants backwards. That's kind of like a. That's kind of like a charming, uh, a charming outcome. Exactly. Um. But yeah, those are our alcoholic beverages part of this evening. I hope uh, wherever you are, art thou, uh, art thou, art thou, wherever <laughs> you are, art thou drinking? Uh. And if you are, art. 
<laughs> then uh, I hope uh, you've got something tasty. Uh, sit back and relax and enjoy us talk about the very first step on our Star Trek saga. We've done things like this in the past with Batman and the Star Wars movies, but we are finally dipping our toe into Star Trek. Although this isn't the first Star Trek episode we've ever done, right? We did Wrath of Khan, did we not? Yeah, we did Wrath of Khan, and I, I think we, I, I feel like we've done the star, like, uh, no, I don't think we've ranked all the um, the ships. We did it real quick when we were talking about uh, it the other, the other day, I feel like. Yeah, I think you're right. Like, I mean, it's really tough for, look, it's, a, we're almost at 150 episodes. 150. That's right. You said it couldn't happen, uh, Meanie Mc, um, radio station pants. Um, you know, exactly. It's, yeah, Meanie Mc stuffed pants. Yeah, yeah. Meanie Mc radio station program director said, uh, "You'll never do it. You'll never get past episode one." Mark my words. <laughs> I don't know. Where he's it from, but right. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah right. right. He's he's uh, Irish or something to that effect, uh, and uh, we proved him wrong. 150 episodes still going strong. That's it. But That's it. Uh, if you expect us to remember every single episode that we did in the past, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, definitely <laughs> me. I didn't remember what happened in the last one on the uh, Discord. Plug plug. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Come on to the Discord. Remind us what our old episodes are about. I mean, just listen, like when you get. When you listen to the show, just understand what you're getting into. This is the show that is ostensibly about pop culture, talks about Star Wars all the time, had a show come out on May the 4th, and did not talk about Star Wars at all in that show. At all. We were like ignoring that. It almost seemed purposeful if it wasn't completely accidental. I kind of feel like I'm going with it was purposeful. I did not once tell somebody May the 4th be with you. I ignored it. It wasn't, it didn't feel, except on our Discord, which is always popping off and everyone's always loving it in there, uh, except for the the activity on the Discord, I felt like, in general, it just wasn't, people weren't excited about it this year. I mean, what else are you going to get? Like, if they would have had Mando end its season on May the 4th, you know, like, get, get some real... Well, you're not excited going. about uh, visions that they, they dropped all the visions on May the fourth. Oh, did they? I didn't. They even... did the Star <laughs> Wars visions. I've watched the first episode. It's quite good. All right. Well, now I got something else to watch. It's it's been. Uh, I've I've. Be fair. I've been watching Strange New Worlds and Picard. So that's a good. That is a good double fister you got right there. Yeah. So they used to call me in college. Um, <laughs> Uh, don't ask why. <laughs> don't ask why. No, I'll put it like this. Uh, episode 49 was when we talked about TV spacecraft. So 100 episodes ago. 100 episodes ago. I don't even know what I did 100 minutes ago, John. <laughs> you ain't wrong about that one, brother. <laughs> especially not after I, uh, after I finished this tropical trip. Thanks for workshopping that with me, by the way. That's a you much better of name. Course, of course. Uh, I like of it. Course. I love it. Of yeah, because I, I, uh, it's kind of based on a cowboy colada, is what the uh, the pina colada with 
a uh, with bourbon instead of rum is called. Um, but of course, I didn't have the coconut part of that colada. So, I mean, I can't call it that. I can't very well call it that because it just isn't that. That's fair. That's fair. It, I think yeah. Tropical Thank Trip you. works a lot better. Uh, you got some real powerful flavors in there. I think you're good. I can't. I hope one of the episodes that we get to talk about and and uh, that is listed on the best episodes, even though I, I doubt it will be, is the there's a whole running gag with Trip and space turlets that he talks about. <laughs> like not either. I can't really remember what it is. Either he doesn't like going to the bathroom in in space toilets, or or they just don't. You know, they just don't do it like they do it back home with the turlets on the Enterprise. I don't really remember, but it is a going concern in the show. If I if memory serves. And as we have demonstrated tonight, it does not. So take it with a grain of salt. I mean, as crappy as this show is, I'm being concerned about the turlets as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, did I come out and say that I pulled out? Yeah, I mean, that's what people say. I have not experienced them myself, but I am I'm looking forward to to enjoying this saga and and perhaps finding out where the goodness is. I'm going to tell you, tell you full stop before we, before, before we get into it. The first time I started up the watch it, I got about five minutes in. I said, nope, not ready yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to come back to you tomorrow. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, I'm not going to waste my Sunday doing this. Are you kind kidding of. me? It was, yeah. it was like, oh, it's, it's Friday night. Let me, nope, this is not a Friday show. Stop it. I'll come do it on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> no one's in you. the bedroom. <laughs> so in watch it. I did it. I, I also watched it on Sunday, um, but I did feel like I wasted a lot of my day. <laughs> like there was something else I could have done. I could have taken advantage of uh, this time on Sunday. Instead, I... I sat here watching this just absolutely stuffed double episode of uh, of Star Trek Enterprise, or just at the time it was just called Enterprise. The they Enterprise. changed it to Star Trek Enterprise later because it was tanking in the ratings, and the executives were like, "I, I know why it's not doing well. People don't realize it's Star Trek. <laughs> Let's just throw Star Trek on the front of it, and people start watching." Like, yep. Yeah, that's the, that was that was it. the that was the problem. That was the problem. Yeah, I found some out some interesting details about this show. Mainly that Rick Berman, the co-creator and co-showrunner of the series, didn't even want to do it. And basically was backed into a corner by the network. Uh, he felt like the brand itself was on the decline and uh, just didn't want to do another show and wasn't excited about it. And I think that really shows in the final product. You have, uh, you have a show that... It's from what I understand, from what little research I did, is a victim of a lot of uh, of uh, corporate meddling from the uh, the executive side of things, and uh, just like a, a co creator that was just like I don't know, I don't know, put him in a jumpsuit, uh, let's give him, let's let's just put some yellow piping on a mechanic suit and just throw him on there. I don't fucking care. Yeah, you know what? People have never seen a Star Trek before is zippers. So we're just going to give them tons of zippers. Everyone's zippers got everyone. zippers. I don't care. It doesn't like no one likes transporters. Let's just do this. Let's just make this show. Yeah, and it's going to look like NASA. NASA jumpsuits, and that'll be cool. And then, yeah, uh, we're going to give to Paul the worst hair wig on the planet Ooh. of wigs. 
Man, I, I read up a little bit on Jolie Blaylock, and she is apparently a huge Trekkie and was just really dissatisfied with how they treated her character. Oh, that's the one thing I do remember was just like, oh, she's trying. And then it seemed like almost every episode, like another article of clothing just went away. For oh, her. yeah. And then yeah. every season was just like, how much midriff? How it was just terrible versus just, I don't know, Star Trek. I'm kind of, I was trying to figure if this is when it marked sexy Star Trek or if it was uh, uh, Voyager when they introduced Seven and Nine. I think it was Voyager because that was a situation where they had uh, they had a character on Voyager called Kess, and they literally wrote her off the show and fired her and replaced her with uh, Jerry Ryan because she didn't she wasn't sexy enough basically, mm. uh, and that is it's like it was it not it not only is it disgusting but it definitely. It, it's not fair to like blame anything on Jerry Ryan because she acted the shit out of that part. Like Jerry Ryan, be, she owned that character. She made it into something like iconic and like everlasting. Her in Picard is fucking great. She's one of the best things about that show quite easily. Uh, so it's nothing on her. She did a great job with that. But man, just like every episode, the the tightest clothes you've ever seen. There's no reason a Borg would ever want to do. There's no like in-universe reason why that, why that made, uh, why that made any sense. But this was just continuing that trend. I can totally. I think you're right about that. I think that was definitely Voyager was the start halfway through Voyager, or, or you know, two seasons in, or whatever that that switcheroo took place. Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. I think I think third season was seven and nine showed up. Yeah. But- yeah. Oh no. 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 This. It, this. I don't know. Like you can everything that you just said, I could feel while watching the these two episodes. So they. I guess it. <laughs> it was one episode originally, like a two hour long thing they normally did, and then they split it up into two episodes for uh, like syndication and like I guess streaming purposes to get another episode out of there or something. I don't know. Yeah, I the version I watched had them combined into one episode. It's listed as Broken Bar- Bow Parts 1 and 2, uh, but it played for me as one unbroken thing without a break in the middle. Yeah, it ditto, ditto. I, I watched it on the Paramount Plus. This is not a plus for them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah me too. I, I have the Paramount Plus channel on Amazon.com. Uh, that way I don't have to inter- I don't have to deal with the terrible... Uh, Paramount Plus interface, um, and so that's my pro tip for all of you out there if you want to do that because the Paramount Plus app is one of the worst. It is. It is dreadful, and uh, I guess this is a plus for you though. If you are deciding to watch this with us, if you want to watch Broken Bow Part One and Two, uh, I got zero commercials for this one, but then like I got like. A ton of commercials for every other new current Star Trek thing that's been on, but this one they're like, "Yeah, you can watch this, no problem." You want to watch? You want to waste your life? Go ahead. Hour, hour and twenty six minutes of your life, all God. Go ahead, watch it. We're not gonna, we're not gonna show you for some other medication that will do terrible, terrible things to you. (laughs) Oh, I have the no, I have the no commercials plan. I only get the commercials for the other Star Trek 
things that they always play at the start, uh, you know, for the second season of uh, Strange New Worlds. My plan is through uh, T-Mobile. I got it oh, for free. So, I'm so using you got it. a little free. That's good. Yeah, a little free. So I'm going to watch the commercials. So if you got it on the free one, the free Paramount Plus or whatever, or the four ninety nine one that has commercials into it, you can watch this uninterrupted. Oh, yeah. Pro tip. Uh, yeah, they're just like, well, people won't. People just turn this off if the commercial comes up. So we'll just give it to you without it because it's the same difference. Otherwise, uh, I can't tell you, John, because I how much I, I was disappointed in the show when it aired because I remember it very vividly. Mm-hmm. I was very excited for a new Star Trek show. The premise was interesting. They're like, oh, we're gonna take it way back to the start of uh, of the you know the. Uh, Starfleet basically and show you how that was, you know, how it was back in the olden times, right after, uh, you know, in the, the grand scheme of things, Zephyrm Cochran made his first warp flight, uh, and, and the, and earth was contacted by the Vulcans and, uh, man, I, I you know how that, that feeling you get that secondhand embarrassment feeling when you're like, you really want to like something, but then when that music, when that <laughs> intro started, I was like, what? Wait, what? Is this a? It's been a long road. Is this a joke? Is this this isn't the thing? There. This is just for the the pilot, right? They're not gonna have this have this music throughout the whole thing. Cause I was expecting an orchestral, you know, Jerry Goldsmith wonderful the uh, intro. Oh, you got a Rod Stewart cover song. Yeah, I was like, is this Rod Stewart? No, it's not Rod Stewart. Couldn't even get Rod Stewart Stewart version. I was like, "Is it Bon Jovi?" No, it's not Bon Jovi. It's it's it was not. It was like a karaoke version of a song that nobody knew or cared about. I mean, it was like it hit the number three when Rod Stewart sung it way back in the day. So like, some people knew it, but I didn't. I told you the last episode. I was just like, I didn't believe it was real. (laughs) I thought I was like, oh well, it's just for this episode and then when i came in i was like oh you're doubling down on this well uh okay let me turn the volume down and just wait for this to be over um yeah it's not it it's not good i'm kind of like with you in the sense like back in the day every star trek show that would come out i'd watch at least the first episode so i was there saying hey this takes place in the past this will be kind of cool see what happens it's before i had my uh uh, pe- uh, prequel aversion that I have now. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, let's just go ahead and go through it. But watching it and starting off with that intro was just like, woof, woo, that's not a good way to, <laughs> not a good way to start the show. Your time might be finally here, but I'm not interested in hearing about it. To be frank with you, <laughs> I, I also really bothered me how they use stock footage, which just seemed so bizarre for Star Trek. It just seemed so out of place and not like. Uh, stylistically appropriate for the show and then it bothered me even more because they used like a ton of like stuff from from stock footage they had that exists today and then they're like the future takes up the last five seconds of the intro (laughs) and it's just like two scenes like there's like one scene that is like super high quality and it's it's from first contact it's the part where the you know the the uh, zephyr and cochran's first warp drive flight from first contact and then they have like just a weird in-between ship i guess that you just see the back of and then uh the nx01 
the NX, of course, being the designation for prototype ships uh, in Star Trek. That will trivia for you. But uh, yeah, yeah, it, I was always, I was already like, uh oh, <laughs> this is warped by the warning bells were going off. But I was willing to give it a chance. I was like, okay, you know, maybe they didn't, you know, this intro seems like, like CW before the, there was the CW. Yeah, but I mean, uh, yeah, it was straight open. Yeah, it, it was, was open intro. <laughs> they were hooping around. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <Open> hooray! <laughs> uh, but and then they they went into that uh, that initial sort of uh, or the the first exciting shot of of clang, <laughs> the Klingon. By the way, the worst name, one of the worst Klingon names to date, Clang the Klingon. Uh, running through a cornfield. And I remember at the time, again, I was like, okay, this is very cinematic. It's not really <laughs> what I'm used to uh, from Star Trek. He's running through a cornfield. I think it had, like, it had letterboxed. It was letterboxed in the first intro. I was like, whoa, okay. And then he, they blow up the silo, and they have, <laughs> they basically poochie clang across the screen. <laughs> in front of this beautiful practical explosion that they have done. They blew up a real silo in a cornfield somewhere and they yeah. fucking cover it with clay. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Look bad then? <laughs> Looks real bad now. Yeah, it, this is one of those things that does not hold up. Mm. And um, the whole uh, Scooby-Doo thing with him running through the silo then going up to hop down. <laughs> You know? Yep, they go into one door. He comes out another door, and he and he's like, "Well, this is a grain silo. It's got to be wildly explosive." And I guess he was right. <laughs> yeah, I did. I was like, I didn't realize disruptors did that. <laughs> well, <laughs> they do indeed. It's like it's like it's got like a pound of TNT in every shot. Because <laughs> I mean, yeah, hear that? Or corn is violently explosive. Yeah, I, don't I guess. Know. Yeah, maybe it's all it's old corn, it's all turned into ethanol. And uh that's what we're seeing explode. I guess. I think ethanol is explosive. I don't know. Either way, that's a big explosion. Yeah. Uh it was, you know. it was stupid big. Yeah. And those yeah, uh those Sulabons are are definitely dead. I remember them being kind of cool too in my memory, but ooh, not so much. Just like uh guys with like um you know, they need a little lotion on their face, and they got a purple jumpsuit, and that's all you got. That's all you're going to get on the the Sulaban. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they they were not memorable to me. Like, I did no. not remember those. Like, oh, I didn't either. That's it. I was like, weren't Romulans involved in this? And I was like, yeah. oh, that must come later. <laughs> it's always the Romulans. It's never yeah, when, not the Romulans. When Vulcans are involved, the Romulans are not far behind. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm sure they make an appearance somewhere. Um, but uh, I mean, the way that the Federation treats the Klingons and, or sorry, the the Vulcans in this episode, you would think that they are Romulans because, man, like He's I the thought, angriest Vulcans I've ever seen. Yeah, the life. Vulcans are angry, and everyone's angry at them. Everyone's pissed off at each other throughout the entirety of this episode. It is like. As a first episode of a show, it is wildly unappealing. It's like not fun to watch because nobody likes each other. And there's not a single there's not a single like charismatic and interesting character in this entire uh 
intro. I'm going to just go ahead and say it. Like, the people who might be charismatic and interesting, they get, like, two minutes of screen time. I'm trying to think. Now, you bring up a really good point. It's usually, like, when you're watching one of these, you're just trying to see how the uh, crew gels together. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, yeah, definitely... I think definitely took them a little while longer to gel in this this show than most because I was I didn't really care for any of them. Nobody, yeah. Uh, Scott Bakula, just like he is, just he is throughout the the length of this episode, he is like he's got big chaotic dad energy. He's like they're like, all oh, right, he's got the attitude of Top Gun Maverick, but the look of Ned Flanders. It's. Yeah. It's Jonathan Archer. He's wearing a leather jacket. He's just, you know what? They're doing a, a sensitive operation on an alien that they're unfamiliar with. He's just going to barge into that clean room. He's like, fuck this. Ask the tough questions. We're, we're going to fly this ship, whether you like it or not. Wait, I need to put a crew together? All right. Uh, I'll be back. Uh, yeah, oh, I got I got some doors to knock on. Yeah, I need to. We need to introduce them somehow. Versus doing anything else. <laughs> it's like, uh, he, he goes and he goes and recruits, uh, Ensign Hoshi, who is teaching at a school in the, in what looks like a sound stage. I remember this looking exactly like Hawaii in my memory. It was like beautiful and open and like a real set, but, uh, it's just like a bunch of tropical plants. Someone shoved in a sound stage. It looks fucking terrible. Yeah, if you can go to the right, you can see craft services. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's a boom. There's several boom operator bike operators uh, in in the shot, and they're just like, ah, they're, it's it's future guys. They're old future sticks. Don't worry yeah, about that. Those 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 are uh, yeah, those are uh, phase sticks. Yeah, phase sticks. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ignore them. Yeah, no, and I think she's like the only one. He recruits. Yeah, well, remember. him, and he, like, just is, like, Dr. Flox is just in the operating room with Clang, yeah. and he's like, you, come with me. <laughs> You're also on the ship. You he's are like, doctor okay, now. Okay, Captain. So, would love to come on the ship. I like a trout soup, Captain. Maybe, uh, maybe Dr. Flox is the one that is okay. Maybe? Yeah, I mean... Maybe? Uh, Ensign Merriweather is is like there's something interesting there because he grew up on like a in space they kind of mentioned during this episode, but they never you know they never dive into it. They're just like, okay, you you're just over here. You're, you're gonna have like five lines. Yeah, you're a space trucker, and then you're gonna do that whole scene where there's no gravity, and then just just for quirkiness, not for like an actual reason. Right? Yeah, he found the sweet spot in the ship, and he's sitting on the ceiling. And uh, yeah, there's that. That's fun because you know the ship's old. Get it? I mean, is it old? It's like the brand newest. <sighs> I mean, new ship in, <laughs> newest ship in the fleet. It goes warp four point five. Yes, it's new in, to them. It's old in the context of uh, you know of what we're familiar to as the as the Star Trek viewing public. We're watching. We're going back in time and seeing the the old ship. Uh, which I think was probably a, a mistake to have it shaped like the Enterprise so early. That is an interesting take. 
because yeah. it already seems pretty high tech and even more sort of like sleek and sculpted than the actual the original series Enterprise, which it, it you know proceeds by several generations. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, they have like flat paneled monitors and words on the monitors, not blips and bloops. And... <laughs> yeah, where's all their colored buttons? You where's know, all their gumdrops they're pushing all the time? I mean, like the warp drive looks warp drivey ish. Like, it, I mean, it could be better. John, yeah, I, I cannot mean, just... express to you how much I fucking hate this warp drive set. I've hated from the word jump. I love that in. I just like the verticality of the warp drive in uh, the other series. I know this is sort of a, sh a kind of like a visual callback to the original series where the the warp drive was like that, just that room with the matte painting in it that you just, you like saw the warp drive in the distance, but it was also sort of a horizontal layout. I realize that that's what they're referencing, but it just looks like a someone put like a fancy plastic covering over like an actual ship engine. Yeah, that tracks. I mean, at least it had like some colors in it, like when yeah. it was spooled around. And, yeah, it has uh, like that little vent that has like the kind of reminds you of the the next generation warp core or not the next generation one. Yeah, I guess. I mean, no, the, the Voyager one. I think. I mean, it's not good. No. I don't. This <laughs> this is the arguably this is probably my least favorite Enterprise design. Uh, I mean, hands down. It is, I would go as far as to say is that it's downright ugly uh, to me. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm, not, I'm not a fan of it. In fact, the problem is it's kind of a little bit, and I mean this gingerly, it brings a little bit of like Enterprise E energy with it. Yeah. In, in certain bits of its shape language and the coloring. But too like, soon. Yeah, too soon. Too soon. But, but yeah. it has that, like, that, I don't know, like, I much, I would much rather have them graduated to that design. Like, have them fly around, like, literally, like, a, a submarine type of thing. Then at the yeah. end of the season, you know, after they've been traveling and dealing with the, the future ghost dude and the, the cone uh, uh -huh. type thing. <laughs> uh -huh. You know, dealing with him for a little bit and his uh, shenanigans. They go back yeah. and then yeah, they're like dark sword on. Yeah. Then retrofit it and then time jump us a year. And then like, okay, uh -huh. here's like a brand new ship that looks like this. Cause then at least I'd be like, okay, that's, you know, like they're like, we needed two warp nacelles. Yes. And a saucer makes a lot more sense than, you know, a square block or, you know, <laughs> I'm getting else. I'm getting a mental picture of what you want this ship to look like, John, and I'm, I have to say, not a fan. Well, I'm not a fan of this one, so I'd rather them well, at least take me to this one versus be like, yeah, we figured this out and it's cool. I was like, no, no, it's not. Like, like I mean, they have some cool sayings, you know, like no shields, so like polarize the hole. Yeah, like, whatever the fuck that means. <laughs> no, no, I think you just I think you just like hold up two electrodes to the wall. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> makes and the that wall harder. Does something? <laughs> yeah, it makes the walls harder. Duh. Yeah. Yeah. Duh. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> yeah, it's not exactly uh, a a blade of hull plating or uh, whatever they have later in the in later years, but uh, um, yeah, I don't. 
what really bothers me about this engine room is that there's those steep stairs, which you would find on like a battleship or a submarine. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's also an elevator next to the steep stairs, but they, they, they both go the same distance. And it seems like the elevator is like, takes a lot longer <laughs> to get down there. I don't know why there's an elevator that goes one story when there's stairs right next to it. I don't know. I mean, I guess that's kind of, I'm just describing an elevator anywhere, but why is it here? Like, yeah, there's a scene where T'Pol and Trip both go down. They're they're talking, and he goes down the stairs, and she goes down the elevator. And you're like, why did she do that? Because it was there. I do I that, guess. too, sometimes. I'm like, I'm going to go seven feet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait. I'm always there. I'll get there soon. This open-air <laughs> elevator is real slow. The worst part is even the steep stairs actually feel relatively unnecessary because the sure. room still feels like there's space. You know? There's plenty of space for larger stairs. Yeah, yeah. it's not uh, it's not cramped enough. No, like that's why I keep wanting just a submarine in space. It just making it look like a hot dog with two warp nacelles on it. There you go. Yeah, I think in general, the design really bumped me because they were talking about, oh, it's going to look like a submarine. It's going to be really cramped. It's going to be like this old school, like, you know, old, gritty, cramped space, space exploration. But it's pretty roomy. <laughs> like, it's, yeah, roomy? I mean, they got space for uh, T-bones. I don't even think they got a replicator. They got space for T-bones. Yeah, so they like, got. Yeah. They have a big walk-in in there somewhere. Space for a those shuttle? T-bones. Yeah, they got a they got a little they got a, a fun little shuttle. They got space for a dog. Yeah, and I mean it's the captain quarters pretty big. So like come on now. Yeah. On. <laughs> it's yeah, it was a little I was expecting it to be a little bit more cramped. And maybe we could have had that if we had done like what you're talking about. It's and you know it's funny is that you that you should say that because based on the research I did Apparently, the first season was supposed to be kind of like that. They were going to be building the ship, and like it would have taken place primarily on Earth. Um, and they would have completed the ship at the end of the first season. Uh, so, what I think the reason they didn't do that is they're like, well, the main villains would be these xenophobes that hate Vulcans, but our main crew also hates Vulcan, so I don't think people will be able to tell the difference. You, you know what? I would I much would have rather preferred what you just described. Like, it really does sound more interesting. It. Yeah, do the intrigue. Still show them like all the infighting that you want, the unlikableness of the whole crew for the most part. Yeah, just the rampant xenophobia. Just like just a zero attempting to like understand. People are constantly mad at T'Pol and like being like, "Oh, that T'Pol, uh, she's a real piece of business," but she's just acting like a Vulcan. Like <laughs> she's not doing anything that a Vulcan would do, and it's like they are just so mad at her constantly for just being who she is. Well, like there's just like this Vulcan aggression. We want to be in space now. <laughs> yeah, they're holding us back. Those damn Vulcans. If we're not in space by the ten minute mark, I'm going to get mad. My daddy made this ship or the rocket drive thing, the warp <laughs> drive. Yeah, that's it. He helped Cochrane or whatever his name is. He helped him. Yeah, Zephram Cochran, uh, that we get a little bit of a cameo by, looking, got some really unfortunate old age makeup on him. He looks sick and on death's door. 
Yeah, I mean, I think they could have just left him alone. It'd have been all right. He looks, yeah, he looks fine. I mean, I realize we just saw him in first contact, and we would have been like, "Hey, well, how long is this?" But I mean, you know, in the future, people are supposed to be living longer. So yeah, he's getting he's getting apples and like probably is like three hots and a cot. Like dude's he, taking he, care of himself. <laughs> he he created you know a drive the you know interstellar travel. I think he, he could probably afford better health care. Almost, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, come on. Um, yeah, I don't know. An interesting choice, certainly. Uh, in that regard. Also, I did not like the fact that they like, had Zephyr and Cochran say like you know the whole Star Wars like Starfleet spiel. So it's like, so not only did he invent the first warp drive capable ship, but he just invented everything about Starfleet. <laughs> like, this is responsible for everything that they do. I guess. You know, as we know, as anyone who is a fan of First Contact knows, he's also the person who said he was like, "You're you're astronauts on some kind of Star Trek," so he he, he is uh, canonically responsible for naming the show as well, and giving them the you know boldly go where no one has gone before tagline. That's what he, I mean. Yeah, he's done ever. He's done it all. He's responsible. There's only one guy who's important in history to the Federation, and it is Zephyr and Cochran. Yep. I guess. So. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> if you say so. Uh, but, uh, yeah, just wildly unlikable here at the start. And, like, he, I don't know. Like, I wasn't even, I'm like, they're they're really itching to get underway. And then they finally do. And I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> like, I don't care what this crew does. No, like, I mean, the mission sounds like a fetch quest. Right, like right, they gotta go take Clang back to the uh, Klingon Empire. It's gonna start a whole kerfuffle. Uh, the the Vulcans are just like, hey, if you don't do this, if you don't bring Clang back, uh, the Klingons will attack you. And you've got like one ship, so maybe <laughs> maybe you need to do this. Uh, so I mean, and the so it makes sense. Sure, of course it makes. I mean, it makes sense. It and it's only four day uh, trip, you know, um, or so they think. Or, yeah, until other things happen. I can't tell you how pissed I would be, like if I was Hoshi, uh, if I was Hoshi, and the and I was sold this mission because Captain Scott Bakula said, uh, you know, it's just a, you know one and done. We're gonna go there. We're gonna come back. You'll be back teaching your class before you know it. And then he was like, hey, Starfleet called, JK, we're just going to be out here for four more years. So how does that sound to everybody? Like, Didn't you see my backlot paradise I worked on? Yeah. No, thank you. And Dr. Flox is also just like, I guess I'm along for the ride. Like, yeah. I, I guess they had no other plans. They're like, yeah, sure. I'll just be, I'll just go into space for an indeterminate amount of time after this is done. Sure. Why not? <laughs> yeah, just let me bring my, uh. What is it? Let me bring my uh, my my tinctures and my little uh, glowy octopus things. That'll oh yeah, everybody. Yeah, he's got all sorts of fun frontier medicine uh, type stuff, uh, along with his his insanely creepy smile. Um, but uh, yeah, and the the episode is uh, the the crux of the episode is they gotta take this Klingon back to his home world, but. They are waylaid by the Sulaban, 
who are a, a species who I guess can like blend in with uh, like they've got some active camouflage and some night vision going on, and they're like uh, they love mods. They're like a modding culture, and they love modding themselves more than anything. Yeah, now that you mention it, now I know why I don't like them. Because it reminded me of the mods from Book of Boba Fett. Oh, right. The mo- oh, right. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> Even one more reason not to like them. Yeah, definitely not. Ugh, ugh. Yeah, other than that, they don't really don't really seem really cool. I guess they got a, a, a... Did they have a cloaky ship as well? Yeah, it's hard to tell because the sensors and like visual sensors on the Enterprise are, are so ass... It's like hard to say if like their ship was really good or the Enterprise just sucks. <laughs> yeah, I guess it kind of can go. I'm gonna go. The Enterprise really sucks. I feel like they weren't flying anything much better. Uh, Enterprise is terrible. Yeah. Terrible. yeah, there's one. There's like one sort of feeling that is pervasive throughout this entire this entire uh, pilot. And it's like the feeling that the the producers and the showrunners are trying to like say through the screen at you, "This ain't your dad, Star Trek." All right, you're you're like, did you come here hoping for like, you know, the the wonder of exploration, and just like some stoic like sci-fi explorers, jet-setting around the galaxy, meeting weird aliens, and getting out of uh, interesting scrapes? Just not this one. We got. Uh, we got a bunch of like bros flying through space, and guess what? They're going to uh alien space station, and you know what? Tapal has to say, "Hey, don't fuck those aliens. If you're down there, no alien fucking go. <laughs> don't please, do it. Please keep avoid your, that. Keep your dick dry, you guys. All right, bros. See you down on the space station. High five skis. And what's the first thing those dudes do? They go to a strip club. Alien strip club. Yeah. <laughs> and that's definitely where they're like, they're driving this home that this ain't your dad, Star Trek, because these women are in body paint only, and they're eating butterflies. <laughs> yeah, that's weird, right? Yeah. 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 And Lieutenant Malcolm definitely wants to get down. Ensign <laughs> Travis uh, has to basically drag him out of that bar yeah you think he'd know better like this is gonna sound weird what does uh uh malcolm what is malcolm reed's position like what does Uh, he do in this first episode couldn't fucking tell you i could not tell you he sits in a chair and and looks worried for a little bit uh doesn't like transporters (laughs) doesn't like transporters he I know from watching the show that he's like the weapons officer, uh, but that's about it. Yeah, well, I guess just just doesn't push a button to shoot. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. Why not go down to the alien strip club and uh, watch him eat butterflies? Yeah, this show is already just so horny <laughs> right off the bat, uh, and it and it doesn't let up. It, you know, it it, it it has its foot on the horny gas and it's not letting up because, as you mentioned, I believe, we talked about it before, indeed, the decontamination scene is in this episode. And, uh, boy, oh boy. Holy shit. <laughs> boy, oh boy, Z. Holy is this, uh, shit. 
They're like, all right, Jolene, here's a napkin <laughs> for your top and bottom. You cut it in half. <laughs> Do yeah. with it what you will. Sorry, we ate some greasy pizza beforehand, but you'll make it work. Right. And it's also inside this room, it is, it is uh, you know, it's like 30 degrees. So <laughs> have fun with that, too. They deal with that. And then, like, yeah, you're going to get some salt. You're going to get some oil. And you're going to have to decontaminate yourself. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yep. By, uh, by giving each other an angry but sensual massage. There's a lot of, like... There's a lot of areas they could get themselves, but they insist on the actors doing it to each other. Like, especially around the ears. ears there's a lot yeah. of like, yeah, there's that a lot of sensual ear play. It was like, why is this so tender? I can reach my own ears. If you cannot <laughs> reach your own ears, then, you know. They try to cut it with like a sort of perfunctory attitude. Like they both have an attitude where this is just something that they have to do. And there isn't something that's necessarily sexual about it. But it's it is like lit and filmed in such a crazily horny way that it's just impossible it's, to ignore. It's they spend like what feels like five minutes just staring oh. at Jolene Blaylock's midriff while Tripp's hands just explore every crevice. It's so uncomfortable. It is the most uncomfortable five yeah, like probably like two minutes of television I've watched. It is shot like a Skinamax film. Yeah, like that's uh, they're it, so it, greasy. How is the the decontamination gel just like baby oil? <laughs> also, I want to tell you. Guess what? I don't. I know this is on TV, so you know they're gonna have to wear their napkins and stuff. But like, wouldn't decam decontamination? What you need to be butt ass naked because you ain't covering every part with this gel. You're just getting all the some of yeah. the parts. Y like, you think so? Yeah, I don't need this. I don't need this weird tension building scene. Other than them to be like, "Yeah, we're gonna, you know, we gotta sex it up." To your point, what you said earlier, not your daddy, Star Trek. No, and that they wanted to establish this early in the in the pilot, so that they're like, you know, we're gonna do this kind of periodically throughout the entire show. And it'll be with different crew members, and they're just going to be, maybe there's three people, maybe there's two, you know, there's some real hanky-panky going on in the de decontamination chamber. Yeah, I mean, you know what, I guess in that instance, you want to set it up early, so that way people can't say, like, this show was never like that until they made it like that. They just start off horny, and you just get worse. Yep. <laughs> they're not going to, yeah, they've stepped on the horny gas, and they're, I mean, it's too late. They've, they're over the Rubicon. Yeah, <laughs> they have seen through the looking glass. Best thing about this series, though, Admiral Forrest. <laughs> there is a character named whose last name is Forrest, and it's spelled the same way as my name. And and uh, so, I mean, already that that is the highlight of the episode. You say like, "Hey, that's my name too." Mm -hmm. Yep. Hey. Yeah. It's all you know. It happens so rarely that it's always a delight. So well, that at least was fun. My middle name is Clang, so I was kind of... Oh, happy. no! <laughs> John Clang! <laughs> uh, yeah, Clang. Oh, boy. Oh, poor Clang. <laughs> poor, you know, poor Clang. Poor Clang and poor Melinda Clark. Why <laughs> even have her in this episode? Uh, what do you mean, John? <laughs> Melinda Clark is like the mainstay of like 
90s and like 2000s television mm-hmm. on almost everything. She's on my one of my favorite open shows called Soldier of Fortune. Love watching Melinda Clark in anything. They have her as a, a Sula band turn good. Yeah, I guess. Yes. We, no, we can't find out because she is killed immediately. Like immediately, like no, nothing that was like, oh, let me let me tell you some more about what's going on to establish a, boom. you know, like yeah. not even the time to establish the plot. I'm like, why is she here? Why I would just... love to like give it up to them that that was like a a, a, a like an intentional misdirect. Like they were like, hey, here's this person who is a fairly well known like that person type actor. Uh, they're probably going to be in the show a lot, huh? Just kidding, uh, zap! But I don't think they thought of it that way. I think they're just like, we need someone right away. <laughs> this person's free. <laughs> yeah, we we got like a four uh, TV pilot deal for. Doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was just like, come on, man! Like, why bother? You could have got a Melinda Clark lookalike at that point. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, or just anybody else. They're under a, like a seven pounds of makeup, so truly, it didn't really have to be any uh, like a, a name people do, but it was. Yeah, this isn't like you, you don't have to stunt cast or um, like love boat this. No, in this in this one instance, she was not on the screen long enough for either. Or yeah, yeah, because uh, you, you think the Sulaban got a drop on uh, the Enterprise crew, but it's the good Sulaban, I guess, like you said, because uh, they're out, they're gone, and uh, but they get the information to go uh, find the Sulaban uh, uh, Helix or Nexus or whatever the ship is that's called that has a bunch of little ships on it. Uh, and that's where we've seen this uh, other Sulaban talk to this shadowy figure, which is obviously one of the Vulcans. Like I don't know if it was the I don't know if it was the uh, the case when this the you know the first episode aired, but like the guy they chose to be in the shadow is so his voice is so uh, like distinct that it is just like it's obviously him. <laughs> like I don't know if this is like something that is a going concern for the whole season or something, but. Uh, I hate to break it to you, did a bad job. So I I read about this specific character because I did not remember the series well enough, and I did not stick with it past like really season two. Like I think I would dip in and watch an episode here and there, but definitely purge most of this from it. The dude sure. in the shadow is never explained because oh, is he not? Uh, you know. <laughs> Unfortunately, you know, the series was canceled after uh, season four. Um, take that as you will. Yeah, the and this one- was, just for context to people might not know, at, up until this season, every single Star Trek series lasted for seven seasons and then went out on, on its own, you know, uh, accord. This yeah. was canceled in season four, and it was yeah. the first one that ever was. Well, the the original series, too. Yeah, that's true. That was only three seasons. Yeah, it's only three seasons. Uh, but of the modern run, this was, and it it heralded truly the end of Star Trek TV for a very long time. Yeah, Batman and Robin did. It really did. <laughs> yeah, it was just like. It destroyed the, the franchise. Franchise for a long time. But uh, yeah. what he's saying was, apparently the dude in the shadow was supposed to be 
Captain Jonathan Archer trying to right a wrong. Like okay. Being, that was that was it. And they did the whole Romulan thing or, you know, like make you think it's Romulan or a Vulcan as a as just a red herring. Well, well, that would have been cool. I mean, it would have been, cool. but we, did we didn't get, get it, there. No, nope. Cool. Nope. but we did uh, get Archer shot. That was cool. Yeah. Or poisoned <laughs> or something. I don't remember. <laughs> we should also say that uh, that Clang is played by Tommy Tiny Lister Jr. Debo. Uh, that's right. That's right. Famous character actor, um, uh, Tommy Tiny Lister Jr. Yep. No holds barred. Again, waste a performance completely wasted on this amazing character actor. <laughs> like my only hope is that like um, he was a Star Trek fan too, and he just wanted to get into it. It was just or, a fun thing for him to do. That's nice. what that's what I'm hoping for because kind of like what you're saying about Melinda Clark. Maybe it's like oh, Clang will join and they'll have a a Klingon too, you know, and they'll try the or whatever something like, something. No, no, they're just no. like. Here you go. You like him, right? Well, he's in it. <laughs> you liked him, right? Uh, and he's and he's gone. I mean, yeah. he at least lasts the the entirety of these two episodes, uh, and indeed, the you know, paying off something that they only mentioned in other uh, Star Trek shows, but uh, in his blood, encoded in the DNA, is all sorts of secret information about this temporal Cold War. It's funny that they were like, this feels very much like they were kind of referencing movies like Top Gun and uh, Crimson Tide when they made this series. And then they also wanted to do that like 80s, 90s Cold War movie type thing by having an actual temporal. It, you know, it's not the Cold War because it's the temporal Cold War. Yeah, whatever that actually means. I guess it's a time cold war. The the one thing I liked, you know, like I guess most people when you see uh, Klingon, I, I think everyone thinks they're probably not very advanced in technology. That is not the case at all. They're super advanced, so it was kind of cool to see the you know the encoded stuff in his blood. I I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think the whole having Klingons be more alien is something that that Discovery leans into pretty heavily as well. I think it's it's right for the time period and interesting. Yeah, I I, I don't agree with Discovery's look of the Klingons. I <laughs> well, they, they change later. Well, that's great. I don't like it. I don't like <laughs> it. I don't like it. I don't like it. Especially when you establish something is in the the main universe, then stick with it. You know, yeah. just you, like don't do something because you're like we want them to look different, but then we'll have to correct it eventually. So uh, we'll correct it soon. Promise. So I was like, don't do that. Just don't do it. Just make better look at makeup. Yeah, we'll, but we'll Laurel's do... cool. I mean, I guess. Yeah, she's cool. Uh, uh in my opinion. Um, but uh, yeah, everyone's terrible to, to Paul. Uh, she does really nothing wrong, but uh, at every single op opportunity, the entire, you know, the, basically just Captain, the Captain and Trip are just like two bros that are just being like bro, dumb bro bullies. Yeah, they're being bro -y. They're like, I heard you were a vegan. <laughs> I guess you're going to have fun eating breadsticks and a pile of squash. Let's get some T-bones up in here, bro. 
<laughs> Pretty much. What was that yeah. writing too? Where she like she cuts a breadstick with a knife, and that's like a point. It's like it's something. What's about the patience? Yeah. What the fuck's the point? Like, what are you doing? Yeah, I mean, it's a breadstick. A lot of breadstick acting in that scene. Yeah. <laughs> Scott Bakula's a- marching on a breadstick to punctuate his lines. Well, also just kind of rude. Just come in there, like I've—I don't know about you. I've never been to a place and been like, "Ooh, I can't wait to eat all these breadsticks." Yeah, what are those? Oh, what are those breadsticks? You know the stale ones, the real crunchy stale ones that are hard all the way through. Mm-mm, give me those. Can't, can't wait to have that at my table. Oh no, no, I'm gonna eat breadsticks, please. That's right. Uh, you know what? They say don't fill up on breadsticks, but it's my favorite part. Give me those crunchy stale breadsticks. It's so good. Oh, my gums are bleeding. Oh, I cut the roof of my mouth something awful. Mmm, breadsticks. It's like eating trash. I mean, <laughs> cement trash. Yeah. So sandy. Um, um, um. It's coarse. I can literally <laughs> feel it ripping up the back of my throat. Mmm, yummy. Now let me hand a big old T-bone on top of that. Bring in the T-bone. Guess what? You know, uh, she's not going to like it. Hey, we're eating with T'Pol tonight. Let's order a couple of T-bone steaks. It's going to drive her nuts. Yeah. I mean, how did you bring that out? Because before I just thought the you know, everything was just bad across the board. I didn't really think about it in terms of just like, I think she's probably being the most Vulcan of the Vulcans that we were presented. But then, like, they even have her do things that make you not want to like her. Like, I'm taking over command of this ship. Because right. he was he was shot in the leg, and he seemed like <laughs> he was fine. <laughs> no, he's going to be passed out for a good two hours with an octopus on it. So she's got to take over. But, I mean, it makes sense. She's the highest-ranking officer. Why does anyone have an issue with this? This is exactly what would happen. I mean... Trips to soar. I thought the engineer would take over. Oh, Captain, why couldn't I be the one? Well, you better get a sub in front of that commander title you got, Trip, or you oh, just be tripping. Oh, damn it! Yeah, come on. Like, oh, it was like, I'm going to take over the ship, and we're going to do what you wanted to do anyway, Captain. See, I'm not so bad after all. Oh, my God. Yeah. The, the fucking, at the end, this is like the... Her just acquiescing to this the Captain Archer's fragile masculinity, where he's just like, "Hey, I want you to join us too." But listen, I can't. I can't say it in front of other people. They'll think I'm rude, or they'll think I'm a wimp. And she's like, "Fine, I'll act like it's my idea to spare your pride." <laughs> Fuck you, Captain Archer. You suck. Yeah, um, and. I've never thought about, you know, well, we, I think we talked to all our captains at some point. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's he's now my least favorite captain. Oh, can you, like, it's, like, Janeway was great. Cisco was fan-fucking-tastic. Can you imagine, like, going from those two to this? What the hell? <laughs> wow, they let anyone into Starfleet, I guess. Just, like, back then, like, maybe after this, they, like, had the Captain Archer code where they started putting standards by about who they... I mean, he's a Nepo baby, though. Oh, like straight his, up. His dad made the engine. Of course he's going to be the one who is the, you know, the captain of the ship. Fucking Nepo baby Archer. <laughs> you, you <hit> wrong. <laughs> he sucked. Also, you know what sucks? 
that that uh, climactic fight in the uh, the temporal uh, shift room, you know, where it has like a temporal anomaly where you know you could see your actions before you actually take them. Uh, the Sulaban's like, oh, ho, ho, Captain, I seem to have the upper hand. Uh, I wouldn't fire that weapon in here if I were you. He, he, he. Now I have the weapon. I'm just gonna go ahead and fire it three fucking times. <laughs> I'm a cowboy. Woo. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I that was so disorienting watching that. And I'm think and it made me go back to when I watched the sci-fi Dune movie and how they did the uh, weirding way in that. Oh yeah. And that, yeah, that one does was suck too. Yeah, but that one was better, I feel, than the effects of this one. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, cuz I was just like what is going I don't like this. I I me me no like me, yeah. And it wasn't even good. It wasn't even like choreographed well. No, no, it wasn't cool. And like he is saved at the last minute by the transporter, which we found out earlier in the episode has just been approved for human, uh, you know, for live uh, subject transportation. And man, when he after he gets transported, he definitely looks like he has been like he can't believe that they did that to him. How dare you? You know I'm afraid of this technology. What if this was like the prestige and I'm still on the planet? Which one's me? Oh God. Oh, that would have been, that would have been way better because then like you get to end season four and discover that was not Archer the whole time, but like uh, a time Archer. Well, they already did that in next generation. Uh, there's a whole episode where, where a transporter clone of Will Riker gets trapped on a planet and they find him. Yeah, Who cares? Uh, if they did yeah. it, they'll do it again. Come on. Yeah, just copy everything. Obviously, the original ideas you have for the show are not good. So let's, I mean, let's just start, how, go back to the well. How many times have we had an episode that has taken us to the original series, in specifically uh, with like trebles? Like I think it's been multiple times. Those well, are yeah. fun episodes. So just go ahead, just do that. Just give yeah. us a Archer, Archer clone or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> why not at yeah. this point why not yeah i don't uh, like him anyway I'm, i wouldn't i wouldn't be like oh great yeah archer cool right. <laughs> terrific yeah he's archer. back yeah he's kind of <laughs> transporter clone baby thing uh, yeah cool just give something interesting in there uh that would have been steak. great yeah give me a little bit more uh, what's the word star trek with my yes. Star Trek. This feels very much like a intentional pivot away from the, the things that make Star Trek interesting. Uh, but for no good reason. Just like just because they they were like, people are thirsting for something different. This so much of this wants to be Star Wars so bad. Yeah. They go down to, you know, the Rigel X trade complex, and that like wants to be uh, most Eisley so bad. Yeah, it's like most Eisley, but with like none of the character, and like yeah. the and like yeah, the 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 quirkiness is yeah. Look, they're eating butterflies, isn't that weird? Isn't that crazy? Anyway, they just have paint on. Welcome yeah. to the the early two thousands. <laughs> we uh, never thought this would be in high definition. And, <laughs> uh, jokes on you! I can see everything. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I I think you're right though. I think uh, you know when you're talking about like how they didn't want to make the show, 
Every, everything is everything feels like the only way they could find themselves making it was to try to not make uh what they've done in the past yeah try to do yeah. something wildly different and uh you know i'm not a i'm not one for keeping things the same all the time but um uh this was a big swing and a miss for me i had like i remember it being cinematic i remember there being parts that i liked about it I definitely came into this with a positive attitude, thinking that there was go- I was going to like it more than I did in the past. Mm. But it was really the opposite for me. The, by the time the credits rolled on this episode, I hated this episode. <laughs> like this is like this is the worst Star Trek I have ever seen, ever, hands down. Yeah, I was not a I was not a fan then, and definitely not now. Like I couldn't really find a redeeming quality in these the pilot right like it's it's tough like even earlier other star trek shows are rough but at least they kind of have like they feel kind of like star trek i don't it's hard to explain except if you watch star trek you kind of get it yeah i mean the next generation pilot was weird it's definitely weird because it doesn't really capture what the show will be like later they have a weird noir lighting in the first episode People's personalities kind of aren't figured out. Uh, but it is, that being said, it's really interesting. It's like, it's about, you know, they are go to a planet and there's a, uh, you know, an advanced space uh, colony that has all these things that, that you know, that couldn't possibly be so technologically advanced. And it turns out they're two giant, like, space jellyfish that they've been imprisoning and, and, and making them create the, the you know the, this wonderful utopian mm-hmm. society mm-hmm. and like that's that is a really that really sets you up for what you want to expect in tng you're gonna get some like morally challenging situations and it's going to be fantastical and weird this is just like this episode is mean-spirited it is unappealing there's no one you can root for the technology is like old, but not in any cool way. <laughs> the the I, ship design sucks. The interior yeah. seems like they tried. They like only went halfway on the whole submarine thing, uh, and it just doesn't feel right. There's just like there's no vector at which in which this show works for me. I hate the uniforms. The least yeah. favorite Star Trek uniform. Yeah, like I for when I was re-remembering it's like oh the uniforms aren't bad because it feels like but seeing it now i'm just like nah like and i don't expect you to have full-on starfleet uniforms off sure. the rip but i feel like you could have done a little bit more to to spice that up and yeah a mechanics jumpsuit it just looks bad yeah i mean shit even though you know for me the phaser design is such a big part of it and it's like <laughs> the phase pistol is just like I don't know, man. At this point, you should have just gave him two, like, yeah, time to pull out my 1911. I'm going to shoot him with 45s. It, it's just so uninspired. Like It looked it, like a, a mango that they had <laughs> grafted a handle onto. Just yeah. this weird bulbous. They're like, hey, check it out. We got our new phase pistols in. It's got two settings, stun and kill. That's probably my favorite part. I was like, yeah, I guess you'd have to. I, I probably would have just been like, it's got one setting, kill. Yep. <laughs> uh, and they had that part where, like, 
Archer is like murking people all over the place, and he has they have to have that part where he turns to the camera or, and goes, "Hey, I guess the stun setting works." Gibbity bibbity boop bop boop. So, John, is there? Did you find anything to like? Are there other any other memorable moments you want to talk about before we wrap this up? It really, honestly, the thing that sticks out to me was the the egg drop soup. Yep. Um, the sweet spot. Um, the basic instinct decontamination chamber scene. <laughs> they should have been playing uh, Take My Breath Away. Bow, bow, bow. <laughs> oh, yeah, that would have been really good, actually. You know, <laughs> yeah, I'd have taken that or like, you know, like, I don't know. Um, fucking. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Ugh. Don't come out until you both are super horny and greased up, says yeah. Dr. Flux. Yeah. As I sit in here eating my egg drop soup. Oh, I'm going to watch. <laughs> yeah, no, there is nothing like... I Now, I know there are better episodes in yes. Enterprise. I know that for a fact. Yeah, this, Post-season this... three, it, it does pick up a little bit. I, yeah, so I'm looking forward to maybe finding some other ones in here that are like the marquee. I remember the the series finale was they fucking uh, spoilers. They knew hard it. And yeah, it's all been uh, Riker on his like day off doing uh, holodeck games, and that that is what way to take a shit on something. Um, <laughs> That was the the whole. They're like, okay, well, we found out it was canceled. How could we just insert Riker into this episode and make it the finale? Yeah, at this point, it was like you should just made the Riker show. Um, I would have been much, much, much for that. But no, oh, there's yeah. n- nothing redeeming about this. How about you? What you? What you? No. What? Yeah. Not a single thing. Uh, I was very disappointed in this episode. I found it wildly unlikable and and practically unwatchable. It was so interminably long. Uh, it felt like it was like four hours long. <laughs> it was just like uh, just checking like the watch, checking the you know the progress thing on the you know the progress marker on Paramount Plus, and it just seemed like it was a Sisyphean uh, experience, just never being any close to ending. The, and then it it did end, and I was like, "What the fuck?" That's how <laughs> that's you ended, end? yeah. Yes. And for me, I was like, man, I really wish they'd give me a, a commercial for Zyrtec or something, you know, something to really yeah, break this up, like some sort of... Uh... Give me that Cialis commercial where the, the, the two people are holding hands in separate tubs out in, out in nature. Yeah, give me the one that warns you that pretty much if you take this, your kneecaps are going to shoot out at 100 miles per hour. <laughs> give me that one. <laughs> give me that. Yeah, yeah. That would have no. been exciting. No. Nah. Yeah. Nah is correct. And uh an inauspicious start to our uh to our Star Trek saga, but the good news is uh we can only go up from here. Uh so I think that's gonna do it for us this week. I hope you enjoyed listening to this uh savage takedown. <laughs> of, it's pretty brutal. Of uh Broken Bow parts one and two, the pilot episodes of at the, this time, just call the show that was called Enterprise, but was later changed to Star Trek Enterprise uh, to make sure people knew what they were watching. Um, 
And uh, so next week, we'll be back with a brand new episode. We hope that you enjoyed listening to this because we sure as heck enjoyed making it for you. Uh, So let's roll into the outro. Of course, what we like to do at the end of every show is thank Burton M6 for the incredible music. Could not do, the show would not be the same without him. So please check out the link to his Fiverr page in our show notes, included in the show notes as well as a Pico link that can that goes to all the different things that we have for you to communicate with us and to be involved in the discussion. Of course, the one we're most active in is the Discord, so sign up for that if you want to talk to us. Uh, but we do have Instagram and other uh, various social media accounts, maybe one for not much longer, but there's also a Gmail in there if you like to go old school with your communication preferences. Um, and of course, however you choose to listen to us, wherever you are out there, we hope that you are feeling happy and healthy. And if you're not, that's okay too. But we hope listening to us gave you, uh, some yucks and, uh, some yums and a little ha-has and, uh, tee-hees. <laughs> anyway, uh, I would like to pass it over to John for the final word. Remember, folks. Live long and perspire. <laughs> or decontaminate. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, thank you for tuning in to all my super fans. Hope you coming back again. Got a shout out to Fresca. I know you riding with me as we pull up in the Hyundai Daily City. <laughs> you want the hype? I gotcha. Gotta keep it locked right here on Pop Saga. Woo! Pop Saga, let's go. 